the fact is that we have very, very clear evidence from um, everyone who we have helped to deliver assistance and aid uh, into Gaza that the situation is becoming critical and that something has to be done to deal with the humanitarian impact of that. The voice of Bob Ray, of course, Canada's representative to the United Nations, and we agreed to disagree, but he did try to defend Canada's vote with the United Nations for this, I think what many would say is a one-sided vote for a ceasefire. Israel's ambassador to Canada, um, Israeli officials, deeply disappointed by our vote, because basically it, it, it calls for Israel to stop defending itself. And we voted with 152 countries, including, you know, Russia, Iran, North Korea, China, for an all-out ceasefire. And it didn't even mention any condemnation for, with, for Hamas. I mean, if you want peace, get rid of Hamas. Tell them to put all their guns down, which they will never do. If, if you want peace... Don't go into Israel on October 7th and massacre people. I mean, this, we're in a war because of Hamas. Seems very difficult for the United Nations to understand. So they want this, whatever sustainable ceasefire is, and we have seen a complete uh, reversal in Canada's position when it comes to uh, Israel in the past. We would either abstain a vote. I mean, the Americans did not vote the way we did. So we are kind of in new territory here. And certainly, you know, it's a game, it's a word game. Hamas may want a ceasefire. Yes, they need humanitarian aid, but Hamas does not respect ceasefires. They don't negotiate, and they have a history of completely obliterating them every time they get one. And plus, if you want humanitarian aid to get to the people of, you know, the Palestinians, then Hamas has got to stop stealing it. I mean, really, it's just very frustrating to have this conversation because when I'm talking to Mr. Ray, he knows all this stuff. Bob Ray knows all this stuff. So to defend, I think, what is not defendable, you know, that is his, I guess, gig today is what he'll have to do. I want to bring in Yaren Deckel to this conversation, regional director to Canada of the Jewish Agency, now based in Toronto, and previously he was a very well-known journalist covering off uh, Israel. Good to have you. Thank you very much, Alex, for having me. All right, so I just had our... um, United Nations Representative Bob Ray on the show. He was not very happy with my stance on this because I felt that the vote was a departure from past, um, you know, actions that we've had with Israel. Um, What's your feeling on this uh, vote, which is not binding, but still it's a vote and it's seen and it writes a narrative? Yeah, Uh, I can tell you that Israel cannot agree to a ceasefire at at this moment. And the brutal attack of the Hamas uh, on October the 7th, which we uh, all remember the tragic loss of 1,200 lives, and it underscored the inhumanity of this terror organization. And Israel cannot permit the presence of such a merciless enemy on its border. It's simple as that, risking further massacres or uh, indiscriminate uh, fighting uh, rockets towards Israeli cities and villages, as Hamas has done in the last uh, in the past 16 years. Now, according to the Hamas, and people I'm sure didn't read the uh, Hamas charter. According to the Hamas, mm-hmm. murder of Jews is a religious commandment. Now, I'm sure that many countries, if they were exposed to uh, a threat of uh, constant terrorism or rockets. Threat towards their own country, 
will they accept to a vote for, for a ceasefire? So the Hamas needs the ceasefire, not only to break the ceasefire as it did before, and I totally agree with you, Alex, but also to regain the power and to try to get ready for the next round of fight, because Hamas thinks and believes that Israel has no uh, right to exist, and we shouldn't forget 137 people, Israelis, who are hostages in Hamas eyes in a inhuman conditions, and the Hamas and the call uh, to to the for ceasefire doesn't even mention the, the the release of the of the hostages. So Israel right now at that point cannot let this go. In past, we have seen um, skirmishes and fights between Hamas and Israel or Hezbollah in Israel, and there have been ceasefires called. And you know, we go through this you know, theater all the time uh, because Israel's never not being attacked or very, very often, you know, it is. Um, but we have seen this and, and Israel has, you know, had to bow to international pressure, um, you know, because that's what the international community wants. This I don't see as the same. And so I get the sense that Israel at this point, because the events and the massacre out of October 7th was so uh, heinous, is it a different level? I mean, I just don't see that, that this vote uh, will be honored. I want to tell you uh, uh, something. I was in the region there near Gaza three weeks ago with a Canadian support mission of uh, Jewish leaders uh, across the country and also members of uh, parliament from Ottawa. And I visited the kibbutz, one of the kibbutzim, Far Aza, its name. Uh, 64 community members were murdered there. 18 were kidnapped to Gaza. And in that one of the neighborhoods that was burned and destroyed, you can see bullet holes all over the place. And one of the, the entrance uh, of the modest apartment, there was a sign in red uh, letters, human remains of this on the sofa. And I entered there. I cannot tell you how I felt. You, you enter a, a scenery of a bloodshed of people who murdered two young people at the age of 23, Ivan and Naor. Both were shot dead by the Hamas barbarian murderers, and one of their bodies were burned. Now, when you see that on the ground, it's totally different than, uh, than any seen on social media or on any other media, but we shouldn't make any, any mistake. Israel is the West's front line in the Middle East. Israel is, not, is certainly not the end of the game as the radical uh, Islam is concerned. We saw it in Al-Qaeda. We should remember that. We saw it with, with, with ISIS. Now it's the Hamas terrorist organization, and this group is not a militant group. It's a ruthless terrorist organization, and without uh, uh, any, any, without doubt, Israel cannot go until this movement, Hamas movement, won't have the capacity to fire rockets and to think and plan another massacre as it did on October 7th. But there is pushback, and I get it, um, you know, where people will say, you just want and don't care about the Palestinian people. What about the women? What about the children? Don't they deserve to have protection? And, and it, it is heartbreaking. It's not fair to the Palestinian people who didn't ask for this, but what would you say to those people who say, well, it doesn't give Israel the right to do the same things, you know, d- well, to, to them as, as what was done to Israel? What do you say? Well, well, there is a huge difference. Israel doesn't target civilians per se. Israel asked the civilians of northern Gaza to move to the south so, so can, Israel can fight the, uh, the basis of the Hamas. And it's, it's not easy to hear and see the, the picture from, from Gaza. But we should remember one thing. The Hamas 
the terrorist organization, and I will repeat terrorist organization, doesn't care about Jewish lives, but it doesn't care about Palestinian lives either. So that's the reason why they use population, civilian population in Gaza Strip, as their human shields, their ammunition mm -hmm. and rockets, their storage under re residential houses, under schools, mosques, and hospitals. This is sick. This is a sickness to use your own people to protect the rockets. So Israel, and we see the number of casualties of Israeli soldiers. Yesterday, Israel lost 10 soldiers in the fight because there is a huge effort not to uh, harm the civil population, but the Hamas finding a, a place to hide in apartments, in yep. tunnels, and you have to get them if you want to eliminate the Hamas power. There is no other way. Right. Let me just jump in here because I'm going to run out of time. Um, you know, President yeah. Biden has said, and he said it at a, a, um, a Democratic fundraiser, that Israel's losing support in the international community. And um, it is a pressure cooker. And there is going to be pressure to, to, for Israel to stop. What do you say uh, back to that? Look, there is always a disagreement with the international community. It could happen. But as I said before, I'd like to see the reaction of any country uh, that will be under constant terrorism and rocket threats. What will be the reaction? Now, a ceasefire, a sustainable ceasefire means Hamas stays and Hamas gets the time to regain rockets and ammunition and plan the next massacre. This is the bottom line of a ceasefire right now. Yeah. That's the reason why Israel at that point cannot agree without fulfilling the mission of eliminating the Hamas power. And if Hamas stays as a movement with no ability to fire rockets or to plan the next massacre towards civilians in the state of Israel, period. Point made. I appreciate your time, Yaron, very much. Thank you very much, Alex, for having me. Thank you. That is uh, the voice of Yaron Dekel, who is with the, uh, the director of the Canada Jewish Agency, also a well-known journalist in Israel. And so, uh, no, there, there will be no ceasefire, but there will still, no question about it, be a lot of politics, right? A lot of politics.